We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. That's the series we're considering. And the fruit, one fruit has nine expressions. Just like the gift are nine. It's amazing also that the fruit, even though it's one, has nine expressions. And we've looked at three of them. And we're looking at number four now. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. Lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. I want to point your attention to verse 24. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. The flesh has its lusts. Now, lust is not a sin. What lust simply means is strong desire. Your flesh has its own strong desires. What it likes to do. Something that it's very passionate about. And those who live in the flesh cannot please God. If you live your life in such a way that it's your flesh that is controlling you, whatever your body wants is what you give to it. For instance, when you want to pray, the body wants to sleep. Now, you can't be a Christian for a long time if you are the type who doesn't give himself or herself to prayer. When you want to fast, the flesh wants to eat. You want to live holy. Your spirit man wants to please God because it's been recreated after God. The flesh wants sex. The flesh wants pornography. The flesh wants all of these things. Now, if you continue to give it what it wants, you cannot be a Christian for a long time. So, the Bible says here that those who are Christ's, the people who have given themselves over to Christ, in verse 24, have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. In other words, <coughs> it's not that those things will not still come up, but you suppress them. You put them down. The flesh is like a dog that has rabies. It's infected. And then you put it in a cage and you lock it up. Now, the dog will keep attempting to get out of the cage at every opportunity. That's the way our flesh is. At every opportunity, the flesh wants to get out of that cage. You are keeping it in the cage. You're holding it there. You're keeping it under. But it wants to come out every time. It wants, that's why you see that sometimes we still have reflections of our past life. And it's like we should go there. Like if you used to smoke, once in a while you might just miss smoking. Or you go past people that are smoking and you feel that affection again for smoking. Or that lust for smoking. In fact, your, your body will be telling you, I, I want cigarette like right now. I want it now. I would die if I don't take cigarette. I would die. And it's a lie. It's not going to die. The flesh is that powerful. But we have to leave it crucified. Let's look at Galatians. Same Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul the Apostle says something very instructive here. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, 
but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ. The, the Christian life, if you're going to live a, Christ, a, a fruitful and productive Christian life, you have to live a crucified life. In other words, you can't afford to go back and be your old self. You can't afford it. You have to, because the flesh will keep rearing its ugly head, but you have to keep it in check. Let's look at what Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 9.27. I mean, a man that received revelation from Christ Jesus, all of these epistles that he wrote, the things he taught us there, he said, look, no man taught me but the Lord himself. A man that was taught by the Lord. Can you imagine that he still had this struggle with his body? A man whose teacher was the master himself. Now tell me any teacher that is better than Jesus Christ. Anyone that can teach better than Jesus Christ? Nobody. Paul learned under him. Paul learned from him. But he still made it clear that there was a struggle. In 1 Corinthians 9.27, he said, but I keep under my body. Because my body wants to be free. My body wants to do the things that it used to do. The things it used to enjoy. But I keep it under. I leave it crucified. Every time my flesh wants to jump down from the cross. Imagine when somebody is crucified on the cross. Now you are reckoned, such a person is reckoned as dead. But the guy says, no, I'm not dead though. If you abuse me, I'm going to jump down from the cross and slap you and go back to the cross. That's what the flesh wants to do. The flesh wants to get down, fight, and then go back to the cross and say, well, I repent now. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. The major, 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 major challenge we have as Christians is really not even the devil. Our major challenge is our flesh. The devil is there. He's an enemy, yeah, we know. And we know his future. But this flesh that we carry, you know you are not your flesh. But many times we forget that we are not our flesh. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. This body is really not going anywhere. If we fall down and die at 120, it will return to dust. However, if care is not taken, the flesh will take people to hell. But the flesh itself is not going to hell. Maybe you don't know that. The flesh is not going to hell. The soul those who go to hell is their soul and their spirit. The body ends here. Meanwhile, it is the body that conveyed them there. That's why the Bible says that to be carnally minded is death. See, people that are carnal cannot please God. Everything that the Holy Spirit wants, the flesh does not want. Everything. We look at Romans chapter 8 very quickly, then I'm, I'm back here in long suffering. Because we need to understand why, why are we studying the fruit of the Spirit? We need to study the fruit of the Spirit so that we, we, we know the kind of life that God wants us to live. We are the church. We are the called out. We have been called out from the world. We cannot afford to live like the rest of the world. We can't afford it. Even though our flesh craves for what they crave for sometimes. But we can't afford it. It even boils down to our lifestyle. I mean, when I was um, in my teenage years, I used to like to wear a stud in my 
in my ear. I mean, that's, that's funny to you guys now, isn't it? That Pastor Fred wearing a stud. I mean, I, I really liked it. And I wore it for a while. Of course, it was an issue with my mom. My mom would fight me, but I just wanted it. You know, and those were years that I really was going to rebel. I mean, I, would, I, would, I don't know if you guys normally rub powder on their faces, like white powder, but I used to. Yeah, I mean, I had powder, I had my perfume, I had, I mean, you can't be dirty around me. I don't like bad smell. So my perfume is always there, uh, deodorant is always there, I rub a little bit of powder. You know, I believe I was, I was very handsome. I believe that in my mind. I was the most handsome guy in the world. So, <laughs> you know, I was, the, I was the next best thing after the invention of the tom-tom. So I, I had this stud which I took from my aunties. I had this auntie that lived with us. She had this trinket box, and I would just put it in my ear, and I'd look at my, check myself out in the mirror, and say, man, I like this, you know. Um, but not long after, I met Christ, and, but I still wanted to do that. I mean, are you telling me that if I wear a stud now, I will go to hell? Is that what takes people to hell? Is, that's not what takes people to hell. But as you grow in the things of God, there are certain things that you feel are not expedient. Certain things that are not important. Certain things that you can do without, you know. And then certain things that even give you off as an unbeliever. How many of you as an unbeliever will listen to a preacher that comes with earrings? Even though you are wearing one. And then you see a preacher wearing one. and then yeah. So what's the difference between us? You know. Even the world expects us to be different. The more we listen to the Holy Spirit. Do you know that? There are certain things you do that are not necessarily sinful, but because of the purpose that you carry, the Holy Spirit will not permit you to do those things. For instance, for instance now, you're at a boutique and then you want to buy a gown, and it's a very nice one, but it's going to reveal your cleavage. And you say, ah, I really like it. Da, 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 da. The Holy Spirit, as a child of God, see, it's about relationship. It's not about laws, the do's and the don'ts. The Holy Spirit will just give you a gentle whisper, but babe, you know you can wear this. You live a life that is on a mission 24-7. Now, I mean, if you wear this and you want to minister, and I ask you to minister to someone, you can't minister. The guy is looking at your chest. He can't concentrate. He can't hear what you're saying. You are the center of attraction, not Jesus. And you have to live a life that puts Jesus at the center. And we hide under him. Not us at the center. Then Jesus hides under us. Are you getting what I'm saying? It applies to everybody. Both to guys and to ladies. So it's about relationship with the Holy Spirit. There are certain things he will not allow you to do. Not because it's a sin. But because it's contrary to the purpose that you carry. And the purpose you carry is very great. So when the Lord begins to deal with us. Sometimes you wonder. God why are you so hard on me? It's not that it's hard on you. It's because of the purpose you carry. Stop comparing yourself with someone else. Someone else might do that thing and go away with it and go scot-free. But you will do the same thing and you won't go scot-free because of the purpose that you carry. Are you with me tonight? So we, we begin to, as we walk in the fruit of the Spirit and cultivate them, this fruit help us to be more and more like Christ. Because you find all these attributes in Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us to become more and more like Christ. And we must get to a point in our Christian walk when you look at your life and say, God, I thank you that I'm not what I used to be. I'm not perfect yet, but I'm not where I used to be, and I'm not who I used to be. Because you can see 
that the Holy Ghost is working in your life. In everything, in your speech. There are certain things that you used to say carelessly. You can't say anymore now. Why? What has happened? Because of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He will tell you, babe, no, you can't say that anymore. You used to say it and you used to laugh and then everybody, you would say it, everybody would laugh. You cannot say it anymore. There are certain things I don't say anymore. Why? Because of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Is it a sin not to say them? Or, sorry, is it a sin to say them? No. But now he has pointed my attention to the fact that mm -mm, because of the purpose you carry, you, can be, you have to choose your words. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 8 very quickly. Romans 8. And we look at verse, uh, verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. He wrote this to Christians. This epistle was written to Christians. That if we live after the flesh. Look, the flesh wants us to live after it. 24-7. I mean, if we had our way, you want to do crazy stuff every day. Because that's the flesh. The flesh is not born again. When you stepped up at the altar and you gave your life to Christ, it was your spirit man that got born again. Your soul is in the process of renewal. That's why you need to get into the word of God daily so that you can renew your mind with the word of God. The soul comprises the mind, the will, and the emotions. Those three compartments will be helped by the word of God daily, daily, daily. As you get into God's bathroom, you take your bath in the word of God. The washing of the water by the word. But you see this outward man that we live in, this flesh, is not born again. So it has the same appetite like it used to have. And it wants to continue like that. I know you are born again, but Neo, I want to continue the way I used to be. As it was in the past, in the beginning, so it is now world without end. Amen. That's the flesh. That's your flesh, that's my flesh. That's why you know you are surprised when you hear that a bishop did something. Or a pastor said something. Or an apostle said something. Or uh, whatever. Ah, and he's a man of God. Why would he do that? Oh, the flesh. The flesh. A friend of mine went to a pastor's office years ago. And he said, he, he had a meeting with the pastor. The man had a bottle of beer on his table. Chilled bottle of beer. Monday morning. And this pastor, I had been to his church once for a program. I mean, sound guy. He could teach. Firebrand. I mean, had charisma. His church grew in no time. The church used to be here in Ibadan. I'm not sure the man is still in the ministry now. A bottle of beer. What happened? His old man came out. His old man jumped down from the flesh. Sorry, I said from the flesh. Jumped down from the cross. The dog, the dog in him came out of the cage. Back in the day, one of the songs I used to listen to, I don't know who sang it. Who let the dogs out? Who? 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 Who let the dogs out? That, that's, that's something that Christians should remember. When your old life is in full display, the dog is out. So apparently, he used to drink. And then, I mean, when he said he got born again, I'm sure he stopped drinking and all of that. Complete change to the point of maturing in Christ and then now becoming a pastor and then pastoring a church full of the Holy Spirit and all of that. What happened? Maybe he just got an idea someday. The devil whispered to him and said, well, really, I mean, if you drink beer, does it really mean you won't make heaven? You know this kind of weird reasoning? Now he drank to the point that he had a visitor. 
and he was not ashamed. I mean, you know when people do certain things, they do them secretly. But he had taken it to the level of industry. He put the bottle of beer right on his table. My friend was shocked. And he saw the shock on his face and he said, you're shocked? He said, ignore that. Let's have our meeting. The man is no longer in the ministry now. Of course, the church leadership, I think in Abuja or Lagos, heard some of the things. I don't know. The, I don't have the details of what he had done. They had to send someone else to pastor the church. And he became, last I saw him on the internet, he had become a motivational speaker. And that sounds good or looks good. We are not called to be motivational speakers. Those of us who are called into the ministry, you can be a motivational speaker to make money by the side, but motivational speaking is not what gets people to heaven. It doesn't get anybody saved. And in the real troubles of life, motivational speaking really wouldn't help you. If you are dealing with the devil or dealing with some serious sickness or disease, and somebody's telling you the way you dress is the way you be addressed, your attitude determines your altitude. What's that? You need the word. The word! It is the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing! To the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit. Of the joints and marrow. The word of God will go to the very foundation of the problem. Not some quotable quotes. That's why um, I'm appalled when I see churches where all you do on Sunday morning is business talk. Business talk. We can go to Ibadan Business School and learn about that. We can go to Lagos Business School and learn about that. The pulpit is really not for business talk. I know once in a while we can do it. Maybe on a Saturday evening, let's gather. Let's talk about business. Yes, it's fine. But you see that Sunday morning, which is the only time most people go to church. How many of us are here tonight for Bible study? Compared to what we normally have on Sunday morning. So, for the most part, Sunday is the only day most people go to church. And you don't see that as an opportunity to let them know the person of the Holy Spirit, to let them know Jesus Christ, and you're telling them about cryptocurrency or how to build your mansion or whatever. It's not very good. Now, for if you live after the flesh, you shall die, but if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. If you through the Spirit how can we mortify the deeds of the body? The word mortify is from the same root as the word mortuary. The mortuary is where they keep dead bodies to preserve them from decaying. The Bible says that we can also mortify, we can take to mortuary the deeds of the flesh, the deeds of the body. These deeds are there, but we can take them to the mortuary and keep them there as dead. But how are we going to be able to do that? He said, through the Spirit. If you, through the Spirit, it's going to have to be through the ministry of the Holy Spirit that you can mortify the deeds of the body. He said, if you do that, you will live. Amen? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you look at, uh, back up a bit to verse 6, Romans 8 and verse 6, or verse 5. Let me take verse 5. 
He said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Then next verse. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, verse 8, they that are in the flesh, help me finish that, make it loud, cannot please God. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. You cannot be in the flesh and please God. God is a spirit. We're going to please him. We're going to do that in the spirit. God is a spirit. If you're going to worship him, you're going to worship him in the spirit. Now, does it mean our flesh is dead? The flesh is not dead, it's alive. But we have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. The appetites of the flesh. The desires of the flesh. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble. If you're born again and you keep doing the old things that you used to do, even though nobody knows, you're doing it in secret, someday you're going to be found out. Even if you're not found out, the devil is going to deal with you because he knows that you're doing it secretly. So what do we do at this point? Holy Spirit, help me. And I tell you, every day when you call upon him, he will answer. Today, Lord, I overcame yesterday, but I need you today. What do we do? Get into intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with him every day. Fellowshiping with the Holy Spirit cannot be stored up. You can't say, well, I spent five hours in the word of God today. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, I do that too. I'm happy when I spend like five hours in the word. I'm so happy. I'm too excited. But it cannot be stored up for one week. And say, you know, Lord, I spent five hours with you. That's one hour every day for this week. So the five hours I spent on Monday should carry me through the week. No, it won't happen. If you do it that way, you will soon surprise yourself. It has to be on a daily basis. This is not as a matter of legalism. It's just for your spiritual growth, for your maturity, for direction, for instructions in righteousness, for your strength. Are you with me? Are you with me? Because every day we face fresh challenges. And the Holy Ghost knows what you're going to face for that day. So when you spend time with him, especially early in the morning, it prepares you for the day. And for some of you, if early in the morning doesn't work, then find some time that works. But I think early morning is good. It was John Bonyan that said, the man that doesn't have time for God, early in the morning will scarcely find him the rest of the day. So these fruits are there to help us commune with the Holy Spirit, grow in Christ-likeness, be like Christ. And can I tell you what? You already have the fruit of the Spirit if you're born again. You're not just asking God, give me the fruit of the Spirit. You already have the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, Amplified Classic. Galatians 5.22, Amplified Classic. Media, please. I hope you have that. I want to show you the definition, and then we'll now go to long-suffering tonight. Right. Let's read that together. It's on the screen. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes. Pause. Do you have his presence within you? Only three people came to church. Are you sure you have the presence of the Holy Spirit in your spirit? Come on. Come on. 
Okay. If it's there, is it just there for decoration? Is it working? The work which his presence within accomplishes by coming into you is working in you. If somebody drinks poison and the poison gets into their system, will it work? Will it work? Yeah, it will. In no time, they will start demonstrating. The first thing might be the vomit, right? Maybe they throw up the food they ate. And maybe they throw up blood. They say, ah, that poison is working. They hold their stomach. Ah! Like, you know, when you're watching a movie, somebody puts poison in somebody's food. The person that poisons the food will go into a corner and be watching, right? Expecting that poison to accomplish a work. Now, if the person eats the food and then nothing happens, I say, can I have more? <laughs> you know, then this other person will come out and say, uh, I'm sorry, they come out to confess because this guy is loaded. But normally, usually, they are watching them from a corner and then after they've taken like two, through two, three, four, five muscles, they say, can I get water, please? Water is already in front of you, but that's African magic anyway. They say that's for water. And then no time, the guy is demonstrating and the guy is in pain because the poison in them is accomplishing a work. We don't have poison in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, it should also accomplish a work. Can I have an amen to that? What is the work that his presence within us is accomplishing? Those works are the things we call the fruit of the Spirit. That's all. But because they are fruit, they need to be cultivated. Just like you plant a seed, you water it, you manure it, you do some weeding around it until it grows and germinates and matures and all of that. You need to also cultivate. At salvation, you have the Holy Spirit, so you have the fruit of the Spirit in you, but you need to cultivate them. If we don't cultivate them, they will be there and we will be misbehaving. Even though they are there, even though the Holy Ghost has accomplished the work, but we will be acting as though they are not there. That's why how many Christians are really patient? Potentially, we are all patient. But kinetically, are we all patient? So, the work which is present within accomplishes is love. How many Christians work in love? If all the Christians in Nigeria would work in love, Nigeria would be a better place. You agree with me? Even in our church, leave Nigeria, just our church. How many of us are working in love? How many would go all out to see to the welfare of someone else? How many forgive very easily? <laughs> I mean, there are best of friends who don't talk to each other. They come to church. They don't talk anymore. Once in a while, when I'm led by the Holy Spirit to talk along the line of forgiveness, and I say people should forgive each other, see what happens in church. People go and hold hands and they cry, 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 cry. What is it now? What is it now that we can't forgive? I mean, I've had friends talk to me. Well, pastor, I've heard you. It's okay. Everything is fine. But I think I'll just let her be. Why, why do you want to let her be? Why can't you go back to the way it used to be? Pastor, I think it's just wisdom for me to let her be. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, fruit of the Spirit. 
when we walk in love, our lives will be a lot better. You forgive easily. Before the offense comes, you're forgiven. And the devil has nothing to hold in your life. I heard the testimony of a woman. I've heard this from Papa Hagen, whose daughter, I think, was ill. And the devil was really going to take advantage of that situation. And the Holy Ghost said to Papa Hagen to talk to the woman to walk in love. Walk in love. You're holding too many people. This person offended me. That person offended me. This person did. And some, some of, you know, sometimes people have dates. She did something to me on the 13th of June, 1965, at about 12 p.m. I remember. You note it. Mental note. That person, ah, 11, that was 11th of December. This other person, ah, it was the day after Christmas. Now, when you are like that, your faith will not be effective. Because faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6, in Christ. Circumcision or no circumcision doesn't avail much, but faith that worketh by love. Faith works by love. The practicality of this, even me, I don't like it sometimes. Because there are people that offend me and I feel like I should, not, I should never talk to them again. I don't want to forgive them. My flesh does not want to forgive them, but my spirit says you have to let go. Because your faith won't work without love. Your faith is like a car. Without gas, without petrol, will your car work? Or is brand new Prado, Prado, Toyota Prado, Jeep, 2025. Not a single gallon of oil, or sorry, fuel. Will it work? It won't go anywhere. Is there anything wrong with the car? No, it's brand new. But why is it not going to Lagos now? No fuel. Some of you are not talking to your parents now. You're not talking to your mom. You're not talking to your dad. You're not talking to your younger sister, your elder brother. Da, 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 da. Faith works by love. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit within us accomplishes is love. That's why it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. A fruit of the Holy Spirit. Another one there is joy. I've dealt with all of that. Love, joy, peace. I've dealt with it. The next one is long-suffering, which is also interpreted as patience and even temper. Or forbearance. Let's look at it tonight because I want to finish it. I told us last week another word for long-suffering is patience. In a fast-paced world where everyone seems impatient and wants to get things done in the here and now, you will soon discover that patience indeed is a virtue. Is a virtue. Long-suffering is a virtue. It's also called forbearance. Is a virtue. Is an effect or a work of the Holy Spirit in our reborn human spirit, in our born again spirit. We might not be like that before, but now we should be like that. If you were impatient before you got born again, now you are in Christ, you should be patient. Ah, me, I don't have patience for anybody. I don't, look, calm down. Listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Sometimes when you're not patient with people, you don't even have an idea what they are going through because of you. Or what they are going through in their personal lives. And you are the one that the Holy Spirit wants to use to help them. But you are not patient. Can you imagine God being impatient with us? Can you imagine it? All these years that were in the world, that were, not, that were sinners, if God had been impatient with us, none of us would have had a chance. Even now that we are born again. 
Is God still not patient with us? You know how many vows we have vowed and we haven't kept one? You know how many promises we have made to God? God, the next time I tell a lie, finish me. The next moment, ah, oh Lord, forgive me again now. Or maybe something. People have, they've written crazy prayers. Lord, if I do, if I commit that sin again, just strike them with leprosy. If God had heard, they would have died of leprosy long ago. But God, oh God, God is just so, so forbearing with us, so patient. Why? He wants us to come to repentance. He wants us to come to maturity. God is not dealing with us based on rules and laws and do's and don'ts. He's dealing with us based on love and giving us time to get better. Time to improve. Time to draw closer to him. Time to draw strength from him. He's saying, look, don't do it again in your strength. My strength is available. My grace is sufficient. Do it based on my grace. The greatest changes we will see in our lives won't come from our effort. It will come based on the grace that God has made available for us. Patience is a virtue. If we are going to walk with the Lord and are determined to experience the fullness of the blessing he brings into our lives, we will have to cultivate this fruit. If you are going to walk with God, what it takes to walk with God is faith. It is by faith we walk with God. By faith. Not by brain. By faith. How do you know that you are going to make heaven? By faith. How did you get saved in the first place? By faith. The day you got saved, what changed in your body? Nothing. But how, 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 how did you know that you are saved? By faith. We have that in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are you saved, that through faith. By grace, through faith. Can I have an amen to that? Okay, let's look at that quickly. Ephesians 2. And verse 8. Okay, let me take it from verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace, you were saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace through faith. Somebody say by grace through faith. Grace and faith, my explanation for it is your ATM card and money in your account. Grace credits your account. If I get your account number tonight and I put 100,000 there, you didn't work for it, I just put it there. That's grace. But how do you get the money out? Because money in the bank does not help you if you cannot access it. Am I right about that? If you go to Captain Cook down the road and you want to eat, say, ah, well, 100K, yay. At least tonight, let me spoil myself first. Before I think of what to do with the remaining money tomorrow, yeah, I'm going to pay my tithe, but I'm going to spoil myself. At least let me have a good meal. Maybe you haven't had a good meal in a long time. 
It's been Gary and granite. Gary and granite plus water. Gary, granite, water. But at least let me eat now. Have you ever been there? Anybody? Uh -huh. You didn't eat well for a long time. Then some money now came. I said, ah! First of all, I will eat. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Uh -huh now. Ah! I will eat. I will enjoy the life of my head. Now, and then you get there, and then you are ordering and ordering and ordering. Say, give me uh, coconut rice, one scoop. Put uh, jollof, Ghana jollof, one scoop. And then uh, Chinese, one scoop. Oh, yeah, put uh, gizzard. Then put chicken. And tonight, I will eat. Ah! Kilo day. I don't know what uh, they are doing about the fill, the fill price tomorrow. But for tonight. And then they put everything together, and everything goes to life. And they say, ah, please, can I have that um, fresh you? Fresh you. Or Hollandia. Hollandia you got. Uh -huh. You have not taken it in like two years. <laughs> and then a bottle of water. Bottle water, ah, only God knows last time. You normally put water in the bottle at home, yes. But at least tonight, I want to eat. And then they put everything together, and everything's like around 8,500. And then it's time to pay. I said, please, can we have your ATM? And then you put your hand confidently in your pocket. And by the time you brought out the card, it was your NEPA card. You took a card. You thought it was ATM. In a hurry, it was NEPA card. I think I have mine in my pocket. This is for energy in my house. I can't make a payment with this. But if I got the right card, you just bring it out and flip it at them, right? And they put it in the POS machine, boom, 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 boom. And then you punch in your pin, vroom, they, they debit you, and then you go and enjoy your meal. But imagine you brought out the wrong card. And the last time I checked, you don't have the mobile app of your bank on your phone, so you can't do transfer. How on God's green earth are you going to be able to enjoy this meal? There's no way. Now, can I ask a question? Is the problem that you don't have money? Come on, talk to me, church. No. Do you have money? You do. But can you enjoy the money now? No. Because there's no way to access it. Grace credits your account. It is by faith you access what grace has made available. Let me say that again. Grace makes it available. You didn't work for it. Nobody works for grace. Oh, I fasted 105 days. I prayed 16 hours every day. Then God gave me grace. No. That would be something else. So grace credits your account. But by faith you are able to make a withdrawal. Are you with me, church? Come on, are you with me? So, if you're going to walk with the Lord for a long time and you're going to enjoy your walk with God, it's going to be by faith. Alright? But I discovered that faith and long-suffering work together. They work side by side. In fact, in so many places in the scriptures, you will see them side by side. Let me give you a few scriptures tonight. I showed you one last week. Let's start from there. James 5.11. And then I'll go to Hebrews. James 5.11. In the, in the remaining minutes that we have. 
Somebody getting blessed already? Are you learning something tonight? Patience is key when you are working with God. You can't rush God, though. I wish sometimes I could rush some things. I want divine acceleration. But God knows what he's doing. James 5.11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. The word endure there is also long-suffering. You have heard of the long-suffering, the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. When you read this in King James, you don't understand what it means. You say you have seen the end of the Lord. Can the Lord end? Does the Lord have an end? The end there is talking about what God was trying to achieve with Job. Can you give that to us in Amplified Classic, please? James 5.11. Okay, so let's read that together. You know how we call those blessed happy, who were steadfast, who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you have seen the Lord's purpose, and how he richly blessed him in the end. Can you see that? That's what it means by the end of the Lord. The Lord's purpose, and how he richly blessed him in the end. Inasmuch as the Lord is full of pity and compassion and tenderness and mercy. You know how we call those blessed who were steadfast, those who endured. Abraham is blessed forever. Why? Because he endured. The promise was given to him at 75. Isaac didn't come until he was about 100. How many people can endure that? 25 years of promise. Even though something happened, I believe, from the scriptures to the faith of Abraham when he was 99. Because somewhere in the, Bible, in, in the book of Hebrews, it said when he was about 100, his faith went to another level. But hey, how sweet is it to wait for a promise for 25 years? How about two and a half years? How many of us can wait? I want it now. It has to be now. If it doesn't come now, that's what makes the difference between us and unbelievers. Unbelievers don't have the patience. You guys that are in this church, why are you not Yahoo boys? Because you have learned the word of God and you know that with time, if you keep doing your work and you are diligent and you are improving, you keep improving and you keep doing what you're doing, you are being consistent and people know you for that one thing, over time, you are going to be rich. Why do people go into money rituals? Because they lack patience. They can't be patient. My dad is broke, mom is broke, grandpa was broke when he was alive, grandmama was broke, me I can't be broke. Better get rich or die trying. And they want to get rich now. The get-rich-quick syndrome is not new. It's been in the world for many, many years. I mean, when I was growing up in the 80s, the only difference is that there's been a paradigm shift. It used to be the older people that used to get involved in money rituals back in the day, not the young people. 
a man who had had like six children, no money, could use his manhood to make money. He didn't need it anymore as far as he was concerned. Or maybe use a foot or something or a finger, whatever they used. I don't know what they used. I mean, those were the things back in the day. And when the money came, they used the money to buy Honda Prelude or Volkswagen Santana <laughs> or Mercedes-Benz V-Boot. Those cars now, if anybody gives you as a gift, you will slap the person. What nonsense. Honda Prelude. The Onyibo that designed it is dead. It's not in vogue anymore. But it was in vogue at the time. Like some of the vehicles that are in vogue now, 20 years from now, will be rubbish. If you are still driving it, people look at you, oh, no. Except you like a collection of vintage cars, or vintage cars, sorry. You have a collection of vintage cars, old cars, which you have to now remodel, and you spend a lot of money. But who cares? What they killed people for back in those days, if they give them now as gifts, it will be like a curse. Why did they do that? Because they couldn't be patient. Some did that to build houses. All for them to die afterwards, and they buried them in the burial ground, or buried them outside the house. They didn't even give them the luxury of burying them in one of the rooms. Lack of patience. So we should be different as God's children. When we walk with God by faith, in one hand must be your faith, in the other hand must be patience. The two of them operate together. Somebody say, ah, but faith is now. Yeah, faith is now, but glory be to God, it comes with patience on the other hand. You believe now, you receive now, but the outworking of faith is over time. Let me give you a scripture. Go to Mark eleven twenty four. Quickly, can you go there quickly? I want to wrap up now. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If you read that in a hurry, you'll never get it. Now, let's dig deeper into this. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire. Someone say desire. Now, that's where it starts from. I like this thing. Maybe like a particular wristwatch or a particular mobile phone or a particular car or a particular job. Whatsoever you desire. You decide now, now, right? Right now. Like I want a Rolex wristwatch. Right now. Right now. Whatever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them. When do you pray? Now. Now is the time you pray. Do you understand that? When you go to God and you pray about something, Lord, I want a car, I want a job. When are you praying? You are praying right now. Abi? It says when you pray, believe you receive them. It is the time you pray that you should believe you receive. As you are praying, believe you receive. You are not praying to say, God, I will believe you tomorrow and I will receive it tomorrow. No. You are asking him now. Abi, even when you are sick in your body and you go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I believe I receive my healing by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. You don't say, Lord, as I'm praying now, I believe in three months' time I will be healed. Anybody prays like that? Does it make sense? How do you go to work those three months? And if you don't go to work, how do you pay your bills? You want your healing right now. Am I right about that? So, when he says, believe you receive them, he's saying that the time you are praying is the time you believe that you receive. Nobody prays to receive in the future. You pray to receive it right now. And if you believe in the realm of the spirit, you receive it now. Yeah. 
In the realm of the spirit, I said. Now, look at the last phrase. And you shall. Shall is futuristic. And you shall have them. Meaning, there is going to be a process of time. Even though I have received it in the realm of the spirit, I have received it in the place of prayer, the outworking will be over time. Even in healing, if you look at the healing ministry of Jesus, there were people that got healed instantly. There were people that didn't get healed instantly. They got healed, yeah, but the outworking was over time. That's, you see a phrase singing in the self-same hour. That means it was an instant. It was in that hour. It was over time. For some, it's just... As I keep going to church, and as I keep studying my Bible, as I keep hearing the word of God, as I keep serving in the house of the Lord, you know what's going to be happening? Things are going to be improving in my life over time, over time, over time. It wasn't the same day Pastor Fred joined the Stone Church that he became Pastor Fred. It has been over time. It was just Fred, Akiola, Elegbe, and then he came to Bible study every Wednesday at the adult church. Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Wednesday. And then he came for all night prayer meeting. And then he came to Sunday service. And then he joined the singles fellowship. And then he joined the drama ministry. And then he joined the counseling and follow up. And then he joined the protocol. And then he kept serving and kept serving. And then one day, I think in 2007, there was an altar call about people that had the call of God upon their lives to the work of the ministry. And he was in this auditorium and he came out. And it was one of the people that came out, and it was 2007, yeah. But then our YMTS was 2008, I think. Uh, 2007, yeah, 2007 to 2008. And then by 2009, the youth church started, and then it was, you know, deployed to, to start, you know, pastoring, assisting the, uh, 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 the main pastor then because he still had plans to go to Canada. Pastor Fred, Brother Fred at the time, had plans to go to Canada. He was going to Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan Institute of Arts and Science, Arts, Science, and Technology. And I already had an offer to go there, and blah, blah, blah. And um, the day senior pastor told me that he wanted me to uh, pastor the youth church, I said, well, I, I had my own plans to go to Canada. I mean, as you're looking at me, I'm only one leg in Nigeria. The other leg is already in Canada. When I sleep, I see Canada in my dreams. In fact, you know that Canadian logo, that red leaf, you know, is, uh, I see it everywhere. You know, if I'm walking on the street, like the street of Nigeria, I'm seeing the leaves on the floor. So as you're looking at me, sir, I told him, he says, you're looking at me, sir, I'm only one leg here. My other leg is already in Canada. And I was walking down this road, and as I got to the front of St. Gabriel's Church, there's somewhere around there, I heard a voice say to me, I said, I want to use you, and you said, you're going to Canada. Who is, who is the owner of your life? Who owns you? Who owns Canada? I looked behind me. Who's talking to me? I was the only one on the road. But the voice was very clear, very clear, audibly clear. I knew I was in trouble. That's why I'm here tonight. But the outworking has been over time. Even if I desire to be a pastor, Lord, make me a pastor. It will still happen over time. So faith and patience work together. Lord, 
I want to drive a Mercedes. Yes, you will drive a Mercedes. You will drive more than a Mercedes. Is God broke? But let it happen over time. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Some people, God has called them to the ministry. Yes, but it's not yet time. But no, they jump ahead of God. Cause trouble where they are. Go and start their own ministry outside. And carry away all the members. In fact, take some equipment from the church. Some of them, they've made a shipwreck of their faith. They are no longer in the ministry now. Some of them are no longer even in the faith. Ah, it will shock you if you go to the bar. The, the, the preachers who are already alcoholic, who are, who are already, they are, they are, oh no. Their lives are a complete wreck on alcohol. You won't know until you engage them in a conversation. When you hear scriptures coming out of their mouth, they say, ah, bros, that guy used to be on fire. What happened? They wouldn't wait for their time. They wouldn't be patient. Do they have patience in their spirit? Yes. But have they cultivated that fruit? No. And you cultivating the fruit, they think you're foolish. Do you know many people who think I shouldn't be in the youth church by now? Who think I should have started my own ministry? Not even in the stone church. Like, ah, uh-uh, you're a Jew. I say, eh? you were there when God was writing the plan of my life. You were God's secretary, taking minutes. If you allow people to push you, you blame yourself. So, they can try to push. Somebody saw just one of my videos, just one. And that Sunday was Pink and Purple Connect. It must be sometime last year or two years ago. It was native I was wearing that day. So I don't know whether it was even Pink and Purple Connect, but I was really talking about marriage. I was talking about marriage, relationship. So this man, he engaged me for almost 45 minutes. This person doesn't live in Ibadan. And he was giving me reasons I should have established my own ministry. Because I preached one good message. When you start a ministry, then you discover that ministry is beyond one message. <laughs> in fact, pastoring is beyond preaching. I didn't understand that before. I do now. I used to hear senior pastors say that. But I do understand it now. While faith is now, the outworking in the natural realm is not always immediate. Understand that tonight. Okay? Hebrews 6.12. Let's just go through the scriptures and we'll stop. Hebrews 6.12. Hebrews 6.12. Heberu. 6.12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and what? Faith and what? Patience. <laughs> inherit the promises. You want to inherit the promises? It will come through faith and faith and that patience, there's long suffering. Suffering for long. Long suffering. Nobody likes it. Short suffering is better, not long suffering. <laughs> but hey, do you know that over time, God is working on your character? Sometimes when you don't get an answer to your prayer immediately, it could also be because God is working on that other person that is involved in the delivery of that answer. God is working on them. God is always working in the unseen realm. God is always working the details that you don't know, that you, you might never know until we get to heaven. 
The reason you have not gone into that country is because God knows that there's a law that is still in force right now that will not work in your favor. And he wants that law to be suspended or to be annulled and it will take another person to come and annul it and until that person gets into office to annul it, you won't go. Because if you go now, it will not favor you. But here you are breaking the hands of God. Someone said, we have to untwist God. We can, let's untwist God. How's the children of Israel? We want meat. We want meat. We don't want this manna. We are tired of this manna. What, what nonsense? Manna. Manna. Man. We want garlic, cucumber, chicken, fish. We, oh, 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 we miss Egypt. God delivered them from Egypt. They were missing Egypt. Then God gave them their desires. What did they want? Meat. Chicken rained down from heaven. And as they were eating it, and they were, they were enjoying it, meat was coming out of their noses coming out of everywhere. Because they would not just trust God. Verse 15 of Hebrews 6 says, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Patience. Hebrews 10, verse 6. Hebrews 10, verse 6. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of long-suffering, the need of patience, before you have done the will of God. Is that what he said? Come on, talk to me, church. Did he say before you have done the will of God? After. If everything God says to do, I have done it. Done! Wait. You will obtain the promise. You will inherit the promise. You will receive the promise. Can I have an amen to that? 2 Peter 1, 5-8. 2 Peter, chapter 1, verses 5-8. to 2 Peter 1, 5-8. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen to that? You see there, add to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. Job 1.22. Let's look at Job 1.22 and then I'll give you one more scripture. Job chapter 1 and verse 22. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job went through nine months of affliction. But he was patient. The Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not. He lost his business, lost his children, lost everything, lost his marriage because his wife said to him, what are you waiting for? You are not useful anymore. Curse God and die. Your life has no value again. The only thing remaining, just curse God so that will help you to die quickly. Curse him and die. Finito. And the woman will go ahead and marry someone else. But the Bible says in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. In all this, Job sinned not. That was why James 5.11 referred to Job, that you have seen the patience of Job, and we have seen the end of the Lord. That is what God accomplished through Job. People will celebrate you after you have been through a season of affliction, and you have been patient, 
and God comes through for you. People will call you blessed. They will call you happy. The people we read about today, and we call them blessed and happy, it wasn't because they had everything rosy. It was because they were patient through tribulation. They were patient through their affliction. They were patient through their tests and trials. And at the end of the day, through faith and patience, they inherited the promise. And so today we call them blessed. We call Abraham blessed because he didn't give up at the 24th year. Ah, what about if he had given up at the 24th year? Lord, you are not faithful. I've been serving you all this while. You promised me a child. Only a child. The servants in my house are giving birth anyhow. Me, that I've been serving you. Abraham never did that. He kept walking by faith. He kept walking by faith. God changed his name from Abraham to Abraham. The H there is Hashem. It's God's name. God put his own name, that H. He put his own name in Abraham's name. So, exalted father became the father of nations. But he wasn't the father of any nation. Not even the father of a street. But he kept confessing. And they kept calling him, Abraham. He said, that's me. <laughs> Abraham, the father of nations, that's me. That's me. Yeah, thank you very much. Even though some might be mocking him, he stayed through faith and patience. And at the fullness of time, Isaac came. Mm. When they gave birth to Isaac, they named him Isaac. Isaac meaning laughter. He said, the Lord, Sarah said, the Lord has made me. Genesis 28, God has made me to laugh. And all that hear will laugh with me. I pray for someone here tonight. All that hear, your testimony will laugh with you in the name of Jesus. No matter what you're going through, God will see you through. God will strengthen you. God will be with you. God will strengthen your faith. And as you walk by faith and patience, you will inherit the promises in the mighty name of Jesus. And people will call you blessed. Stand on your feet tonight. Hallelujah.